Welcome back to the program, Mom. Zev Brenner, always a treat, always a privilege to speak with our former governor, George Pataki. So, Mr. Governor, thank you for joining us once again. How are you? I'm fine, Zev, and thank you for having me on. I always enjoy being on your show. I miss that, all those conversations we had when you were governor. I'm glad that we're continuing that tradition even now. And I want to thank Arshad Tadabam, our senior producer, for helping putting together this segment. So how are we doing overall? Uh, I wish I could say, you know, we're thriving and doing well. Uh, but I think your listeners know that these are tough times. These are very challenging times, and uh, whether it's New York City where we're seeing the spike in crime and the issue with the homelessness and people just uh, leaving, or the country where it's more divided than it should be, uh, these are challenging times. But this is America. We've had tough times before, and I I haven't lost a bit of the confidence that we're going to get through this and we're going to come back stronger. Well, hopefully, because New York City, Manhattan, some of the boroughs with the homelessness running around and the crime that's taking place, I believe we have 15,000 apartments in Manhattan that are vacant, which is a record number. So I think New York will come back, but may take some time because people right now are running away. Well, Zeb, what you said is exactly the key point. It's uh, it's a matter of time. Uh, And it's going to require... Uh, more than just sitting back and waiting. It's going to require the right leadership with proactive policies, giving people confidence that they can come back here or they can stay here or they can come here, which they don't have right now. We have to deal with crime. The changes in the laws and the attacks on the police have just resulted in a spike of crime. And uh, when, when crime isn't under control, people just aren't going to come back. We have the homeless, mentally ill homeless, down on the street uh, harassing people and that just was another impetus to drive people out of the city or prevent them from coming back. Uh, so uh, this isn't going to happen automatically. Uh, it's going to require change in policies, making the social climate better, making the economic climate better. Uh, and But New York is still New York. And if those changes are made, the, the, the comeback will be quicker rather than longer. Does that mean that you're running for governor again? <laughs> not, not at all. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's it was a privilege to have 12 years, and I thank the people of New York for that honor. Uh, and I did my best, and I think when I left, the state was in good shape. Uh, but now it's time for someone else to take up the challenge and uh, lead the lead lead us in a direction that's going to make that comeback happen quicker rather than taking longer. So, who do you see that's out there? You know the political landscape. Who is uh, out you there? Know, there are a lot of good people out there. There really are, and uh, I don't despair for that. Um, uh, good Democrats and good Republicans. You know, I'm a Republican, and you need a two-party system. You know, one of the reasons New York City is hurting so much is because it's become just a complete one-party uh, system of the Democrats, and the Democratic Party has gone from being a liberal party to having the energy on the far left with the, the people who are anti-police, uh, 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 protect criminals and can't distinguish between protests and rioting. Rioting is illegal. Protesting is legal. And if you can't make that distinction, you're not going to have a safe, safe city. So there are a lot of good people out there, uh, and uh, hopefully people will understand that uh, when you have checks and balances, a two-party system, you have better government. I always like a more competitive. To be honest, I've said this on my broadcast many times, Mr. Governor. 
I miss the days when both Democrats and Republican candidates for president vied for voters. And I miss that because the Democrats take the New York for granted and the Republicans say we can't win New York. So that's on a national level and a local level. Also, a more competitive environment, I think, is more exciting, more dynamic, and better government. And you get better government and you get better people. And uh, what concerns me about New York is not only is New York City now completely a uh, one party where it's controlled by left Democrats, uh, uh, but New York State is now a one-party state for the moment as well, where everything is controlled by the Democratic Party, and the energy is with that far left. And that far left doesn't even bemoan the fact that when companies leave or people leave or individuals who are paying a lot of taxes just say, I'm not going to put up with this anymore, they almost celebrate it. So that's got to change, uh, or we're going to see a decline in the city. You know, uh, I'm a believer in New York. The great thing about New York is the people and the excitement and the competitiveness. Right now, you don't feel that because there's very few people here. Uh, and we've got to get that back, but you can't get it back when people feel unsafe or unwilling to come because they can't afford to be here. Do you have any conversations with Governor Cuomo? Does he call you for advice or do you have any communications about things that happened in the past that might be helpful to what's going on today? You know, uh, not in any great depth. He has this team, and uh, you know they they do their um, policies. And uh, I think philosophically, we, we are not always on the same page, uh, which is fine. But uh, you know, I'm trying to, my best to stay out of personal politics here uh, and simply focus on policies that I think are right. And but I do say that I think the policies in the city and the state. Uh, are really, really uh, unfortunate at this point. They have to change so that New York can come back quicker. Now, you're optimistic in the future of New York. If things were to change and it takes time, it needs elections and new leadership, over how many, over what period of time, over how many years would it say, in your professional opinion, for New York to get back to what it, where it was? You know, uh, well, the day after September 11th, and uh, one of the things that... Uh, people don't remember or didn't realize is that not only was it a horrific loss of life, but it was also an economic catastrophe for New York. And we had to put in incentive programs and policies and security uh, protocols so that people had the confidence to come back. And it took longer than people thought. It took well over a year, almost two, two and a half years to bring it back after September 11th. And that was with coordinated leadership working together at every level. Um, to come back now, um, the, the issues are very challenging. Uh, I don't want to put a time frame on it. All I can say is that with the right policies, it will be a lot sooner. With the wrong policies, with the policies we have today, it's going to take a very long time. No, and I think it was a little different after September 11th. That was one event, and we had to rebuild. Here we're in a situation where the city and parts of the state are decaying. The more people move out, the more homeless moves in. And so you're dealing with a chain of reaction where things are happening on a constant basis as opposed to one devastating blow to New York, and then New York can build. Here, before we can rebuild, we got we got to stop the hemorrhaging. Absolutely right. This is a, this is a, a real challenge, uh, and it requires the right leadership and the right policies. Hopefully, that will come about, and uh, and we'll come back. But uh, you know, I don't want to be too discouraged here, Ziff. You know, 
Uh, you sound like the president that, who wanted didn't want to discourage the people by letting the information out earlier how devastating Corona is. Which well, I don't want to hide any information. I think people have a right to know what's going on, and I have confidence in people's ability to make the right decisions. But you know, I was at Ground Zero yesterday, as I am every year on September 11th, and you see the families of those who lost loved ones. You see the firefighters and the police officers, and you see their courage. You see the you see their strength. Uh, and you just know that uh, it might take longer than we would hope, but uh, ultimately you need the right political leadership, but it's the people who bring back the community. Uh, and I still am a big fan of the people of New York and still a believer that with those right policies, you meant, uh, this, great city, this great city is going to be... No, uh, I think it's going to come back. Question, how long is it going to take? That's my that's question. Right. That's right. You know, and I'm concerned about that, too. I think that's a very valid question, and the answer is we don't know. Uh, if it's the policies that we have today, I fear it could take a very long time. Uh, if we can restore public safety, restore people's confidence that uh, they can enjoy the city. Uh, you know, right now, as I said, I'm in the building, empty, empty building on 6th Avenue. Uh, you come to the city, there's no restaurants, there's no theaters, there's no concerts, there's no bars. Uh, there's no real spontaneous social interaction. And that's part of the beauty of the city. But that part will pass. You know, the co- we'll have a vaccine at some point. We'll have uh, uh, ways to treat the COVID virus at some point. Uh, but still, you need to have the critical mass of people who want to compete, want to excel, uh, want to be the best there is in the world at what they, they do. Uh, and when you have that critical mass, we're going to thrive again. But right now, uh, I, I wouldn't want to put a sign how long it's going to take. It depends on the policies and the leadership and their ability to convince the best and the brightest that New York is, again, the place they want to be. You mentioned, we're speaking with uh, former Governor George Pataki, you mentioned 9-11, 19 years since 9-11 took place. It was, you were governor at the time. What do you recollect? What stands out most in your mind as you think about 9-11? You know, it's always a day that I really don't enjoy because the first thing, and I think, I'm not unique. I think New Yorkers all feel it's just a tremendous sense of loss of the almost 3,000 people who died that day, and many of whom I knew, and I'm sure all New Yorkers pretty much knew, knew someone that day. And the anger that I still feel to those who did this, to the innocent civilians just trying to go about their lives and work uh, on, a, on a normal work day. Uh, but then, as I said when I was down at Ground Zero yesterday, you had a sense of pride that we didn't fall apart. We didn't start pointing fingers at each other. We came together, all levels of government, all levels of society. And, you know, I talked about this in the book I wrote about it, Beyond the Great Divide, how one of the one of the positives that came out of that horrific day was the sense of unity we had. We weren't Republicans or Democrats. We weren't black, white, Christian, Jew. We were Americans. And, and now you look around and you see we're so divided that lifelong friends uh, jeopardize their friendship simply because they have a different take on politics. And that has got to stop. We have to try to reclaim some of that sense of unity that we had after September 11th and we need to have again. I agree with you. We certainly need that unity. But I, I, would you say that we're even more divided now than we were 19 years ago? It seems so. And it's much harder yes. for us to get back on track because of that. Yes. You know, Zev, uh, after September 11th, we were the most unified in my lifetime and probably since at least Pearl Harbor. And now that we're the most divided in my lifetime. And 
President Lincoln, Abraham Lincoln, said it the best. The house divided against itself cannot stand. And right now, America is a house divided against itself. And we're not solving the major problems this country faces. And to do that, we need to put aside the partisan politics and work together. Now, I'm a realist. I'm not naive. I know with less than two months to go until the election, we can't expect, you know, Republicans and Democrats to embrace. Uh, but what we have to do is come November 4th after the election, do everything in our power to say the election is over. Now it's the time for us to work together as Americans and not as Republicans or Democrats. And hopefully that will come about. How do we do it? You know, uh, by putting the American people first ahead of political self-interest. Uh, I look at the issues, the challenges facing our country, uh, and the American people want and, and I think support common sense, practical, pragmatic solutions. The problem is in both parties, the ideological fringes have too much power. Um, uh, on immigration, the Democrats are saying sanctuary cities, open borders. Uh, that doesn't work. No, it's never succeeded for any country. Uh, and on the far right, they're saying send 10 or 11 million people who have been here for a decade or 20 years back to where they came from. That's not going to work. So we need to put in place practical, pragmatic policies that the American people overwhelmingly support, like letting those people stay here. But, yeah, they broke the law, so they have to do community service uh, as a sanction uh, so that they can acknowledge they broke the law and we're a country of the rule of law. And on the other side, we have to close the borders. We have to make sure that people come here legally. You know, terrorism is not a thing in the past. It is still a threat today, tomorrow, and it will be for years to come. Radical Islamism is still a threat, not just in the Middle East, but in America. Uh, and uh, we have to control our borders. No people are coming here legally uh, to control the drugs that come here illegally, to control potential terrorists that come here illegally. These are not partisan things. These are things the American people agree on. Uh, and yet the politicians can't sit down and work it out. Hopefully after November 3rd they can. I'm not sure. I think whoever wins is going to be rioting. First, we're not going to know the answer on November 3rd. Do you think we're really going to know with all the mail-in ballots that are going to be taking place? Um, I think there will probably be a lot of legal challenges. So I think we're in for a greater mess after Election Day than prior. Well, I hope you're wrong, but you might well be right. But we'll see. But uh, yeah, I am concerned about uh, the potential for fraud with mass mail-in ballots. It just, as you know, I mean, I've been in many an apartment building back when I was a renter here in Manhattan when I was single, and you know, you'd see all these undelivered letters just lying there in the lobby. And now, if it's ballots mailed to people who registered or haven't voted in 20 years and probably have moved or died. And they're just sitting around. It's just ripe for fraud. So, so I fear that we may have challenges, but uh, and that is not in the interest of our democracy. But uh, you know, eventually, Zev, the air will clear. We will. It will become clear who the next president is, who controls the House, who controls the Senate. And at that point, it's up to us. It's up to the American people, really, to hold the political leadership accountable and say, "Look, uh, you have power." Now, use it in our interest, not in your own interest. And too often, that has not been the case. Mr. Governor, Governor George Pataki, we appreciate your being here with us, giving us some insights. And thank you for your leadership on 9-11 and beyond. We look forward to continuing our conversation and having you back again. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Stay well and uh, I always enjoy being on. 
That's terrific. And uh, you get to eat any. Uh, last time I remember, you said your favorite Jewish food was stuffed cabbage, chalupches. Is that still uh, on the uh, menu? It still is. Uh, arugula is a close second. But, uh, <laughs> and gefilte uh, fish or chicken soup, the close third? <laughs> Chicken soup. Okay. Okay. No problem. Thank you so much. And I thank Usher Tattledown for putting together. Thank you. And we're going to be right back.